Welcome to More Than Your Infertility Podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Dillon Snyder, IVF mindset coach and IVF mom. Just like you, I know the impact riding the emotional roller coaster of infertility has on your life and how easy it is to be consumed by it. And I plan to support you, remind you, and teach you how to be more than your infertility while you're in the wait for your baby. If going through infertility is harder than you thought, taking longer than you thought, and impacting your emotional well-being, you're in the right spot. So no more waiting. Let's get started with this week's episode. Welcome to another empowering episode of the More Than Your Infertility podcast. I'm absolutely thrilled to have you join us today for the second part of my conversation with the amazing Dr. Serena Chen from CCRM. Now, if you missed our previous Heart to Heart all about what you can do outside of your egg retrieval or transfer protocol to enhance your IVF journey, don't worry. Simply hit pause, go catch up, and then come back because today is part two of our discussion. In our last episode, we focused on the emotional impact of infertility and the importance of building a support team. And today, we're shifting gears to focus on something equally important, the power of using your voice and advocating for accessible reproductive care for everyone. This interview is all about the strength of sharing your story and using your voice in an effort to increase access to family-building fertility care. We explore how access to quality fertility treatment can impact individuals and families striving to build their futures and families. Dr. Chen's expertise and advocacy in this field makes her the perfect guide as we delve into this topic. By the end of today's episode, you'll not only understand how speaking up through advocacy can truly make a difference, but you'll also gain insights into the resources available to support you in this journey. Whether you're navigating your own fertility path or standing shoulder to shoulder with those who are, this episode has resources and inspiration to empower you to share your voice and your IVF journey. I decided to speak up more openly about infertility and IVF after our experience, partly because it rocked my world (laughs) and changed my life. But also I'm a military spouse and we had to pay a hundred percent out of pocket. Wow. So we did three rounds and had to pay a hundred percent out of pocket. And I recognize the privilege of being able to do that and know that not everybody has that. And I don't think that family building should be limited to people with financial access. Part of speaking up and speaking out about it. One, I was successful. I have my happy ending story. But also when I was going through infertility, I didn't have the capacity to speak up and out about anything more. Just talking to my friends and educating them about IVF was exhausting because I was doing, like we talked about in the last episode, it was that these women have full lives and then they add IVF on top of it. And Nobody told me to take things off my plate. And so I didn't have the capacity to speak up and to even call my insurance to challenge it or to be involved with Resolve. I was very aware of what they did. I loved what they did and I was grateful, but I couldn't participate in Advocacy Day and speak to a legislator about it. So part of why I speak up is because I have that capacity now to the women who are currently in the fight They're burning the candles on both ends. They're burnt out. 
they don't have the capacity to do it. So that's why I advocate for access to care and insurance coverage and things like that. But I'm curious about you and what got you to add that to your already full plate too, even as a doctor. I think it just happened organically because I feel that, you know, reproduction is a basic life activity that everybody should have access to if that's one of their goals. And you see so much suffering, you know, and I've had so many years of training. I know what the right thing is to do. And then to be there with a patient and not be able to help them because of insurance issues and not be able to do the right thing medically by them just didn't make any sense to me. So I started fighting back and realizing that speaking up in many cases and just not accepting the denial for care could sometimes be beneficial. Sometimes it didn't work. Sometimes I didn't get any coverage, but sometimes it worked. And even when I didn't get coverage, it was really good for me because it brought me closer to my patients. It kind of validated our relationship with each other. People were really, really appreciative of it. And that kind of encouraged me along with a few little successes to do it a little bit more. And then I got involved with ASRM and Resolve. And that was kind of intimidating at first. When I was doing it, there were really not that many doctors that were involved. And of course, when you're the doctor, you always feel like you're supposed to know everything and you're supposed to know exactly what to do. And of course, going into the advocacy space, I knew nothing. So that was a very weird feeling. But Resolve and ASRM both offered a lot of information and training and a ton of support so that I could stay in my lane. I could just be, just do the doctor part and they could do all the other stuff like, oh, this is the person you're going to work with. This is the person you're going to talk to. These are the issues. This is the bill. These are the barriers to the bill, all of those kinds of things. So they really have this wonderful organized system. Fertility Within Reach is another wonderful organization. They were so helpful. Like on some of these individual cases, I would call Davina Fankhauser at Fertility Within Reach and she would actually say, just just give the patient my number. I'll walk her through this appeal process. It made a difference. And actually, at one point, I had a couple, a lesbian couple they were both teachers. So in New Jersey, if you're a teacher, you are supposed to get IVF coverage for infertility. And I could not get them covered, even though they had, besides being a single sex couple, they also had other fertility medical issues like PCOS, other things going on. And I still ran into so many barriers and they got involved in their own care and they saw how difficult it was and we all worked together. We did get some coverage. Ultimately, they got together with another couple and they decided to actually sue the state of New Jersey for discrimination. And that led to just recognition by the New Jersey legislature that we really needed to change the law. Because New Jersey is kind of a great place to be in general. They're very anti-discrimination and all these kinds of stuff. And a lot of when they, the, when the, you know, cause they weren't, their goal was not really to win a lawsuit. They brought this lawsuit to raise awareness and it 
kicked the legislature into high gear and they did pass a new version of the law addressing a lot of this discrimination. And then just recently, Governor Murphy signed yet another version of the New Jersey mandate, removing even more obstacles to care. So it's amazing that just speaking up really does make a difference. And this couple told me, you know, Dr. Chen, when you were fighting and doing all these appeals, we realized that we had a voice. You know, that's why we did this. And I was like, oh my God, you changed everything in the state. That's incredible. Yeah, the millions of people that that impacted. What I love about what Resolve does, and I actually didn't know about fertility within reach, so I'm so glad you even mentioned that because there's two things. One is when you are the patient going through infertility, you're already being bombarded and learning a brand new language and something you knew nothing about. So then to also have to learn the insurance ins and outs about it is like another job. And then the legislature, like you said, that is, again, a whole other job to focus on and to have perspective on. And um, there's advantages on what you know and don't know in that field. So there are resources like ASRM and Resolve and Fertility Within Reach where they're the experts and this is what they do day in and day out to help people so you don't have to become this new expert and start from square one right, for fighting for yourself. So I love that there are resources out there. And again, it starts with people who are saying something's got to change. So how awesome. But the other part is the story. And that's what I love about Advocacy Day with Resolve and ASRM is you don't need to know about the legislator, legislature and how it works and even the yeah. laws. You don't even know who your legislator is if you don't know just yet. You need to know your story because that's what they need to hear. And they handle everything else for you. And so I've witnessed that by being involved in the past couple years. And I just heard about ASRM having literally full-time employees whose only job is to advocate. And so um, it's really powerful when the messages are, I've seen it firsthand when it's the patient perspective and the medical provider perspective. Like you saying, you became a doctor to help people. And when you have a tool to help heal that person and to know that that's not an option because of insurance laws, when it's different depending on what state you live in, it must be really challenging to say, there's a barrier here. It might not be if one, either they had the money or two, they lived in a different state. And that's so hard. I could see how that would be really challenging being in your position. Most developed nations really recognize infertility as something that should be covered and needs to be treated. So the United States among developed nations is pretty unusual that we can't seem to get coverage unless we pass these state mandates. So, but we are passing more and more and more of them. So things are getting better, even though still a lot of people don't have coverage, but it does make a difference. Even at the individual level, you can make a difference. So it is worth speaking up. Yeah. And we were talking about the stresses before of just going through infertility. The financial stress of life in general is hard for people. So to combine the two together, like I hear people talk about this and I'm sure you do all the time of saying like, we can only do one more. Like we can only do one more round because that's all we have the money for. Like, and that might mean that they have to walk away without a family of what they like because of those limitations and not because their body can't or the medical intervention can't work. Sometimes people stop 
because of the financial aspect? A lot of people stop because of financial, but a lot of people, more people actually stop because of the emotional issues just getting worn out, which is where you come in, Kristen. That is where I come in. Ah! Thank you yeah. for saying that. One of my clients recently, she said, if I hadn't worked with you, I would have given up by now and just adopted seven cats. We have stats. And the number one reason for failure for fertility treatment in this country is the giving up. And some of it is financial, but a lot is just burnout. I didn't know that. Yeah, there's actually data from one of these insurance companies that cover that like uh, benefit fertility benefit companies. So they have a lot of data and everybody in their data set is covered for fertility because they're a fertility benefits company. And they still see tremendous dropout rates, even for people that have good benefits. Right. And that is burnout. Yeah, that is burnout. So if you're listening to this and you're going through infertility and you're feeling even close to burnout, just know that it's possible to go through multiple, multiple rounds of IVF and not feel the burnout. It is stressful. It is uncertain for sure, but there are ways to go through it and not have that burnout so that you don't have to quit or make the decision to leave before you're ready. I walked away from IVF without my family looking how I thought. I'm one of five children. I thought I would have more than one. And I walked away with one because we paid out of pocket and there was a limit of saying, how many times can we do this? And so my husband and I made the proactive decision. We would do one additional round of IVF, our sibling cycle, and whatever came out of it, that's what we would do. And that we had one good embryo and it ended up in a miscarriage. And so that was the end for us. So sometimes it is the right choice to walk away. And so I don't want people to feel that pressure of quitting being bad. I just want to help people not quit before they're ready. Yeah, that makes sense. And if infertility coverage is not part of your insurance, then Fertility Within Reach and Resolve and ASRM and doctors like Dr. Chen are out there sharing their stories like Advocacy Day, they're trying to get somebody from every state, which I think is such a cool goal. There's hundreds of people in the fertility community. So whether they work for insurance companies that offer it, or the pharmaceutical companies, or doctors, nurses, or coaches like me, or even patients, there are hundreds of people who will be speaking this year to try and help get more coverage. So you don't have to add one more thing to your plate and feel the pressure to have to show up for that. But when you're done, we want to have you. Like when you're done and on the other side and you have the capacity, we would love for you to share your story and use it in a way to help the person behind you to have access to the care that they need to grow their family. Absolutely. It's so interesting to know that a medical diagnosis isn't just covered just point blank, right? Like insurance pays to get the diagnosis, but not for the treatment. Exactly. It's a little crazy. So, and we are going to see because now ASRM has updated the definition for infertility to include, you know, social aspects as barriers to conception and uh, making it medically reasonable to treat people without a partner or LGBTQ or transgender people, everyone who has a barrier and can safely conceive with this technology 
uh, should be able to have access to it. So that's their new definition for infertility. I am hoping to use that new definition to um, help appeal, you know, more denials because I do think it's going to take a while before the insurance companies catch up. But I do think we sh- we should all be speaking up about that. It was really cool to hear it when we were at the ASRM conference. You have thousands and thousands of people in the fertility community all together in New Orleans this year. And then they announced it. So it was announced like in the big meeting. We got the email about it, social media. It was everywhere. It was really exciting because even um, single parents by choice, right? It helped include yeah. them too. And so... If somebody wants to be a parent and they're struggling to have that happen and there's medical ways to do it, I just don't understand why that can't be supported, especially because none of it is self-inflicted. Right, right. There's medical coverage for other conditions that are self-inflicted. Yes, yeah. And infertility is not because of something you've done. Yeah. When I think, try and think like, a little bit black and white in that way, I like my mind just cannot understand the differentiation on why the line is there. And so, um, and I think, you know, what's interesting, Kristen, when we talk about this, we always talk about the, what is the cost to cover people for infertility, but there's a huge cost to society of infertility itself, where, you know, we do see higher rates of depression and anxiety, time loss from work, other issues, divorce, things that really, really take a toll. And when people are paying out of pocket for their treatments, they are often making medical compromises that put their health at risk, like using drugs, but not doing IVY and then uh, not doing IVF and then ending up with uh, multiples, which it is medically extremely costly in terms of risks and finances. So, you know, those of us in the fertility world really feel that the return on investment for paying a little bit of extra money to give everybody the appropriate, safe, standard of care treatment for fertility will have a huge payoff on the other side that will benefit actually all of society. So I don't like to think of it as an extra cost. It's I really think of it more as an investment. I love that. I'm so glad you brought that up because when I do advocate and speak to our legislators, again, I said I'm from a military family and military members come from military families. And infertility coverage is not included for military members unless it's because of like a literal injury to their like private regions because of work. So if we have families, infertility is impacting one in six couples and we have our military is not growing at the same rate. And so our families are smaller. And so there's going to be less people volunteering to join our military. And so again, the investment of like, what is our military membership going to look like? This is, yeah, investing kind of in the future, in our future, right? And that includes fertility preservation for before these young men and women go off to go off to war. They are putting their fertility at risk and, and doing fertility preservation could make a big difference for them. So yeah, that's a great point. It is really investing in the future. 
I love that. I'm going to start using that language too. The difference between of like the cost of fertility care versus the investment of fertility preservation and care and the total impact on our society. Like I didn't even think about like the impact on divorce rates because there are a lot of couples who go through this. It's like they go through this and this tears them apart versus putting them together. And that's one of the things that I try to work on too is I want to help couples lean on each other in a positive, healthy way and not you know, like one of the things that we say at our house all the time is we're on the same team and it helps when you don't feel that way. (laughs) And if you don't have a child yet, you will feel that way later when your husband cannot be nursing your baby in the middle of the night because you're the only one who can. You'll be like, we're on the same team. And so it is a, it's just a fun sentence that you can use and borrow. And that's the way I can help in my lane But again, having the access to care and to treatment to people no matter where they live, no matter what their financial status looks like, will make an impact too. Absolutely. It's so nice to talk to somebody who thinks and believes the same way because there's a lot of talk sort of on the other side of the other perspective. And so I really appreciate you being open to talking about it with me, but really the impact you've made by helping others share their stories and being involved talking about it. So thank you. Thanks, Kristen. Thanks for what you do to grow families as somebody who's like a recipient of that (laughs) from another clinic. Like I just so appreciate what you do. It pretty much brings me to tears on a weekly basis when I think about how grateful I am and how fortunate I am that there are doctors like you who specialize in this and who learn what you do, who got into a medicine field like when you did that wasn't necessarily popular and everybody wasn't talking about it and who continue to push the envelope on what's possible to help people like me. So I'm so grateful for what you do. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Kristen. It's been really lovely talking to you. Oh, good. Um, If somebody, because you're pretty active on social and I appreciate what you do put out there, again, helping get more facts and real information out there. Where can people follow you? So I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, a little bit of Twitter and threads. Um, on Instagram, I'm most active. So it's at Dr. Dr. Serena H. H is for high maintenance. That's my middle initial Chen. So, but you'll put in the show notes, right? Well, I'll put in the show notes. And I do want to add a little bit of a disclaimer that you are a doctor, but none of this is medical advice, right? So this is just a conversation of two people who work in the same field. Education, information, it's to help you, but it is not medical advice. So I do want to put that out there. Dr. Chen, thank you again. I'm so grateful for what you do day in and day out and for taking the time to talk with us on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Once again, a huge thank you goes out to Dr. Chen for joining me and sharing her expertise and heart on both podcast episodes. Whether you decide to use your voice to advocate for coverage for your employer or participate in Resolve and ASRM's Advocacy Day, sharing not only helps you feel empowered, it really makes a difference for those who are going through infertility behind us. Whether you work in a fertility clinic, are a past or present patient, or the partner of one, I'd love for you to join me on Advocacy Day this year. So save the date for May 14th, 2024, and check out the show notes to find out where you can register for free. As important and as valuable as your story is, if you're in the middle of your infertility journey and feeling like you don't have the capacity to speak up right now, 
please know that there's no pressure for you to share it this year. There are plenty of us on the other side of the IVF journey who can speak up and will speak up on your behalf. And for those of you that are ready to speak up, I will have a future podcast episode talking all about Advocacy Day. But don't wait to sign up as the sooner you sign up, the better. Remember, their goal is to have all 50 states represented. If you have any questions about Advocacy Day, send me a DM on Instagram and let's get talking. And if you're feeling burnt out, exhausted, and you question how much more you've got in you, and you're not ready to walk away from IVF, I'd love to help you so you can keep going. All you have to do is take the first step by applying for my one-on-one Hope Again coaching program, and I've got you from there. The link to that, as well as links mentioned in today's episode, are in the show notes. Always remember that you are more than your infertility. Thank you for being a part of More Than Your Infertility. If today's episode resonated with you, please consider sharing it on social media or with a friend. Your support helps us reach more women on their infertility journey, empowering them to break free from the grip of infertility shame and rediscover their hope. And before we part ways, I have a small favor to ask. If you've enjoyed the podcast, kindly leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback helps other women find this empowering community. Until next time, always remember, you are more than your infertility.